0: This program is brought to you by Bible Way Media, a work of the Ulaga Church of Christ. I used to love watching HGTV and the Food Network. I don't know, maybe it was the transformation or the idea that anyone could do it. But whatever the reason, I just loved it. I saw them go through the process of decorating and it just seemed so easy, so cool. And I would get inspired, you know, and I would start creating these amazing designs in my mind of what I could do with this room in my house or this section of my house or even somebody else's house. And off I would go, inspired. My hammer in one hand and nails in the other and a picture or something cool that I picked out at a thrift store tucked under my arm, ready to make a huge difference in some room by hanging this on the wall um, with a little DIY and lots of confidence from HGTV. So I would hammer in the nail, a nail that will never seem to hit a stud, but that's okay, I tell myself. I mean, I don't need a stud. I don't see the HGTV people working uh, worrying about that. I could eyeball it. No worries. So I would hammer that nail in the sheetrock, hang the picture or whatever on the wobbly nail and stand back, waiting to pat myself on the back for my great design work. And um, you guessed it, the picture or whatever it was I attempted to decorate with would be way out of whack. And about three holes in the wall later, I would take my hammer and my nail and my picture or whatever it was to my husband, frustrated asking him for help. And after he would give a big sigh, he would go get the tools, grabbing the level, the tape measure, a pencil, and follow me to the spot where I wanted to hang whatever it was that was going to make a huge design difference in my home. And that's when we, he would notice the pattern of nail holes and my attempt to eyeball it. And he would ask, um, now, where do you want it? And after I showed him, he would start measuring, lining everything up perfectly, exactly where it needed to be, never trusting his eyeballs. So as I took took a look at all those holes in the wall, I usually had to end up hanging whatever it was in the spot, a certain spot to cover up all those holes. My consequences were there in front of me. And you know what? There are always consequences for eyeballing it. it. Sounds pretty stupid anyway, doesn't it? Eyeballing it. But it's happened more than once. I mean, I always seem to think that I can eyeball it. Just make it all work out without doing it correctly. Measuring. Making it good enough. And always, always, I have to deal with those consequences. Always. But I'm really not alone, am I? I mean, I don't know if you're a fan of HDTV, but maybe you've done that before. I mean, you know, people have been doing that for, well, since God created us. And even though it never seems to work, we just keep doing it for some reason, repeating the same mistakes, looking through our own eyes and thinking, well, we can get it right. I can get it right. And it does seem right in our own eyes and that it will be good enough that no one will know If we eyeball it, you see first Kings chapter 12 gives an account of the king of Israel. After Solomon's death, that kingdom of Israel split. There were 10 tribes who went north and chose Jeroboam as their king, who, well, took it upon himself, then to eyeball it. Verse 27 through 28 gives the account. If this people go up to do sacrifice in the house of the Lord of Jerusalem, then shall the heart of the people turn again unto their Lord, even unto Rehoboam the king of Judah, and they shall kill me and go again to Rehoboam's king of Judah. Whereupon the king took counsel and made two calves of gold and said unto them, If it is too much much for you to go to Jerusalem, behold the gods of Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And they bought it. It seemed to work. Rehoboam or Jeroboam was able to gain the confidence of the people. He thought he had them right in the palm of his hand. And he decided he would go just a little bit farther. And Jeroboam chose priests, not of the house of Levi, but the lowest house in in, um, Israel, verse 31. And Jeroboam made feasts as well. Feasts that were similar to the feasts that God had ordained, but not exactly. And they thought that they got away with it. Jeroboam thought that it would all be just fine. Until God sent them Amos. 200 years later, long after they no longer saw the crookedness of their lives, the off-centeredness of their worship, When everything seemed good enough that they thought everything was great, they had lots of money, they had lots of food, they were living the good life, until Amos spoke for God. And Amos set the record straight. God told the people their wealth, their arrogance, their worship, or what they called worship, all of it, it was wrong. Everything was completely wrong. Their compromise of the truth with a lie, thinking that God would not notice, that God would accept the crookedness, that God would accept the mistakes, being just a little bit off, that it wouldn't matter, that it would be good enough. And it wasn't. And it was time. And God showed Amos a vision of the consequences of what Jeroboam did to the people leading them in their sin. Amos chapter 7, verses 7 through 9 says, Thus he showed me, and behold, the Lord stood upon a wall made by a plumb line, with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord said unto me, Amos, what seest thou? And I said, A plumb line? Then said the Lord, Behold, I will set a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will not again pass by them any more and the high places of Isaac shall be desolate, and the sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste, and I will rise against the house of Jeroboam with the sword. And eventually, just as Amos told them to prepare to meet thy God, chapter 4, verse 12 of Amos, those people were overtaken by the Assyrian army, Amos chapter 9. God had measured them with his plumb line, If you don't know what a plumb line is, it is a string that has a weight at the end. And when you hang it against a wall, you can tell whether that wall is straight or whether it is crooked. God always measures things perfectly. You know, I'm not sure why we do it. The eyeballing thing, you know, I mean, is it because our eyes are, I don't know, placed in the front of our heads that we only see outward? That we believe that we're the center of life, that we're smarter than we, we think that we are, that their eyes look level or our sight will be, be able to see it clearly, that we don't need something to show us the reality. I mean, those are all questions, but I'm not quite sure. But I know that we do it. We read 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9 and 10 that tells us to dress modestly. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 3 and 4 that tells us to to be modest in our appearance and behavior. And we ask, well, now how much exactly is too short? And we eyeball it. We tilt our head to the side. We squint and we say, hmm. well, it's close enough. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with it. We read Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 21, or 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 through 10 and 18, or Romans chapter 1, verse 8 through 32, James chapter 3, verse 13 through 14, and we say, you know, well, God will excuse this one, just this one time, or, you know, I just need someone to vent to, or, you know, just this once, and we squint, and we tilt our head, and we eyeball it. And you know what? There's never, ever been a time when God eyeballed it. Just read Exodus chapter 25 through 27 and 30 when God outlines his directions for the building of the ark and the tabernacle, the garments of the priest and his expectations for worship. Or read the book of Leviticus. You'll see the instructions on the laws, the priests, the sons of Aaron, and the, the manner by which God God's worship is to be conducted, I read First Chronicles chapter twenty-eight when David gives instructions to build the temple. You'll see, God has never eyeballed it, but I admit that I do, I have, I think we have. Now oh, I loved watching HGTV but I really don't watch it any longer. I just don't get much enjoyment out of it, you know, for several reasons, partly because the illusion has worn off. I learned some of them eyeball it (laughs) and people have gotten hurt. And in a way, watching it made me think less of the blessings that God has given me, that what I have isn't pretty enough or good enough. It helped me focus my eyes on this earth to set up treasures here, to think about decorating my earthly home rather than thinking about the city that is four square, the city that is not eyeballed. You see, it's measured perfectly, and you can read about it in Revelation chapter 21, verse 16 and 17. And he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city, its gates, and its walls. The city is laid out as a square. Its length is as great as its breadth. And he measured the city with a reed, 12,000 furlongs. Its length, breadth, and height are equal. Then he measured its wall, 144 cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of an angel. No, God has never accepted anything eyeballed. Not then, when his people were north and sort of worshipped him. And not when he created the plan to redeem us, you know. He's always gotten it right. He's always measured perfectly. Because he never made a mistake. It's too important. And it is for this. That we have a God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Who never, ever expect us to figure it out. Or eyeball it. He gives us the measurements. He shows us exactly what is truth. And it is for that that I am thankful and I am grateful. And it is for that that I bow my knees today. We hope you enjoyed this program. We encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, or Podbean. Thanks for listening.